Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 23. We should go there. And I'm not retitled it. But it is titled. It's got uh, how many words did I say? 13 words. Who are you and what can you do with your one and only life? That'll mess up the the the, the font people. Uh, first uh, Proverbs 23, verse seven. Now, this morning, Deborah read to us. We're 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 reading through the, the the Bible reading, and she read it, and it just inspired me, so I'm going to read it to you. It's in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 9 and 10. It's not on the board, but it's, uh, it was the scripture that the Lord got me to Alabama. It's, uh, for what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day praying exceeding that we might see your face, and that and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. The Lord told us, I want you to go to Alabama and I'm going to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And we went to Word of Life Church in Birmingham, sat under Pastor Webb, and the things that were lacking in our faith were perfected. That being a general term of matured. And so that's what we're doing. We're going to perfect that which is lacking in our faith. The Lord's going to help us Get from where we are to where we need to be. And then when we get there, he'll help us to get again to be where we need to be. But in Proverbs 23, 7, that's a good word, by the word, by the way, that he might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Do y'all believe you receive that? We got to get we got to live by faith, don't we? This isn't hoping and praying. This isn't uh, uh, just following the plan and the Lord knows where I am. Yeah, he does, but that's not what does it. Verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Say it with me. For as I think in my heart, so am I. Again, for as I think in my heart, so am I. So how are you? As you think in your heart. How are you? Well, my money's this, and my family's that, and I had a hard time here. And I, if you knew my story, you'd know I had quite a story. No, it doesn't, doesn't say that's what was is what you are. But as you right now think in your heart, that's how you are. And it won't go past that. The Amplified, I looked at that. No, no, better, the Better Business Bureau. No, the, the BBE. The Bible in basic English. Hallelujah. For as the thoughts of his heart are, so is he. <laughs> So as the thoughts of his heart are, so is he. You can't hardly believe it. Hallelujah. He just says something all the time. Hallelujah. So uh, the potential, this is where I'm going. The potential in our life is directly linked, tied to how we think right now. So if you think there's always a way to win, if you think that there's plenty more where that came from, that is your life. Well, I'm, I'm, I got a big deal working. I've talked to so many men in my lifetime that are just on the brink of breakthrough. And for 30 years, they're on the brink, on the edge of breakthrough and never breaking through. But they're on the edge. You know, you can be on the edge for 30 years and never break through. And so I've been with them. You've heard about them. 
so my life potential is tied to how I think. So what is the main goal in my life? To think better. To renew my mind. To be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we may know what is the good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. And that's how you've changed. It's not a better job. Your job came because you thought better. It's not better friends, but your friends came because you thought better. You, you put away those trashy friends, those hard on your friends, those, those uh, down on God and down on life friends, and you got you some better friends. So there's two ways to think. You can think idle thoughts, barren thoughts, thoughts of death, thoughts of failure, thoughts of troubles. We saw that sign years ago in, in Winsels that said, uh, they have a problem for every solution. That's marked my life as much as just about any scripture. They have a problem for every solution. Do you know those people? Stay away. Stay away. Don't just just come into their life, intersect their life, intercept their life to help them. But don't hang around. They'll have a problem for every solution. But so there's a worried life, an idle life, a bearing life, an anxious life. Or there's a life where they're kingdom principles. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's the kind of thinking we have. So we go out and sow seeds. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, if you would. It's going to be real good this morning. And if you'll think that way, no matter what I say, it'll turn out good. <laughs> That's how you have to come in here. The Lord's going to meet me where I am, not him. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12 says in verse 34, you know this verse. He says, oh, generation of vipers. That's an opening statement, isn't it? <laughs> Some people tell a joke before they open their remarks. Jesus said, you are a bunch of snakes. <laughs> he said, how can ye, being evil, the word there is literally unbelieving, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking, the mouth speaketh. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what, what feeds our words, the thing that creates our future? It's our heart. Proverbs chapter four says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it proceeds the issues or the boundaries, the borders of your life that you you can't have, you can't go, you can't be beyond the borders of your life. And that would be as you put in your heart. So you put in, and that's what you have to take out. There's water in the well. Put the bucket in, you'll draw out water. If it's sweet water, you'll draw out sweet water. If it's sour water, bitter water, you'll draw out bitter water. It will not be different than that. Your life will not exceed how you think. Your life will not exceed what you put into your life. Garbage in, garbage out. Blessing in, blessing out. A good man, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. These are amazing principles. These are just short little things that say you've got to change your life. No matter how well meaning you are, no matter what great dreams you have, if you violate this principle of a good man out of, the, out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. We got to put good in if we want good out. So, and then an evil man, an unbelieving man, 
out of the unbelieving treasure of his heart bringeth forth unbelieving things. They're always in trouble. So I want to minister to you this morning about a thought that I had last week about absorption rate. It's not a Bible term, but we'll, we'll, we'll pull it in. Our absorption rate, if we're going to grow in God, if we're going to increase and enlarge our capacity, if I want my potential to be more than what it is, if I have an IQ of 82 or of 92 or of 112 or 150, is there any way I can increase my potential, my value, my treasure? How can I increase what I can dip out of in my heart in order to produce it in my life for his glory and the fruitfulness of the kingdom? Well, there is. We can absorb more faster and... Uh, we can be at the right place at the right time in front of the right people. If you, if you listen to some preachers on TV, well, it's preaching. All preaching's the same. It's not. All books are not the same. But so you got to put yourself in front of the right thing to hear, to put it in your heart. So it's based on approach. Your absorption rate in life, say you have 90 years. Let's just assume you have 90 years. You want to go further? It'll be up to you. Well, you know, the Lord's got his time. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a time. He has his time is your time. Whenever you decide to go is when you're going. Absolutely. You are in charge of how long you live on the earth. Absolutely. My dear little dad, about 10 years ago. I mean, he, he's he's lived the most unhealthy I mean, he's, he doesn't smoke or drink, so that's probably what saved him. He's never done that. But he doesn't pay any attention to anything healthy. He's the cookie monster. He <laughs> and, uh, but one day he just said, uh, he said, I got about 20 more in me. And I realized it doesn't matter how much you know God, how much you think Holy Ghost, how much you believe the word, which as far as I know, you know, that's not his thing. But he just keeps going. You ask my father, he said, how are you, dad? Fat, dumb, and happy. I'm fat, dumb, and happy. I'm, t I'm telling this on my dad. Uh, he says that. That's what he says. And I'm like, dad, that's a bad confession. But he's outliving everybody in Seagraves, Texas. He's 91 and a half and just, just blowing past all of them. And he said, I've got about 20 in me. And that was 10 years ago. And he just, everybody said, he should be gone. He's got this level and that rate and this... This and if he does this and if this could happen, all his levels are terrible. He's just healthy as a horse. It's just amazing. I saw I, mother says, how are you? I'm fat, dumb and happy, mom. <laughs> I just buy into whatever, you know, whatever works. Hallelujah. So what is your absorption rate? How fast does it take you to absorb or to take in a kingdom principle. So you have a lifestyle, a pattern, a, a past of lack and little, and you were raised that uh, uh, a penny saved is a penny earned, and you were raised, uh, 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 my, my, I was raised doing without, we're doing without in order to do. So how we did was to do without. You, you tighten your belt, you pull in tight, and it makes you where you can make it to the next day. All sorts of things that are just rooted in lack and little and shortage and need and not enough and not on time. 
just just a culture of that. Not not that they're, you know, don't give because you'll you'll give yourself broke. Uh, when I went in for a farm line one time at the bank when I was a farmer, I submitted my budget for the year. It was 150 something thousand dollars farming 1200 something acres and living out of it. And the president of the bank, he said he, he put an X on my application where I had put tithe. He said, we're not we're not financing that. So he said, if you have to have that, then you, you got to go bank somewhere else. So I got the loan and just tithed anyway. <laughs> and I made it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's it's your perspective. If you want more, if you want to be worth more in your life, if you want your life to have value, and we all do. One thing about raising children is you learn that you want your children to have more value than you did. We invest in them. We want them to look nice. We want them to talk nice. We want them to aspire. We, we invest in our children because in some way, some way, we measure them what, what we got being raised we measure that and say, I want to do that good or better. Would that be right? We, we want, never want to say, you know, I really want to be rich. And so if it takes me letting my kids grow up to be nothings, I'm going to do it. None of us do that. We always invest in our children and our family. So you've got to have a perspective. What is your perspective about absorbing? Well, if you don't come to church ever, you have a low absorption rate for the kingdom of heaven. Would that be right? It's going to be a less potential than someone that's here all the time. Okay, I, I got to get you all there before we can go on. Uh, you got to read the Bible. You got to read the Word of God because if you don't put it in, it's not in. No, I believe the Bible. I believe the whole Bible. Uh, whatever the Bible says, that's what I believe. Well, what is it? What's in the Bible? I don't know, but I believe it. Listen to this absorption rate. Listen to this. There's two ways to absorb. There's two ways to increase your capacity. Two ways to, to raise your achievability, your potential. What's in you? What, what is there that's been invested in that needs to pay off? I call it the ready perspective. In 1 Chronicles 11, 16, 11, 6, David said, whoever smiteth the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. Y'all remember that verse? Whoever smiteth the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. So Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and was chief. He had an absorption rate. There was a whole bunch of boys that were sitting there on the front of the line, but he was out there first because he heard it and acted on it. Well, let me think about it. You know, there's a bunch of them boys and they got the new kind of spear and they got that new sword sharpener that we've been reading about in the trade journals. And, and you know, we might ought to think about just running up there. Joab just went up there and whacked on a few of them and David made him chief and captain. Listen to this, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. The children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Would y'all say that was an absorption rate above the other 11 tribes? It's not said anything about Judah or 
uh, uh, Zebulun or uh, any of the other tribes. But they knew what to do. Outstanding people in an ordinary world. But then there's the kind of people that are dull of hearing. We all used to be dull of hearing. Because you and I heard about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm assuming, way before you were willing to receive it. Could I have an oh me? <laughs> Hallelujah. I heard about it a long time. But I also heard that stuff, that tongues thing is of the devil. And I just fell right in. Oh, okay. We don't want that. They must go into bars and go into gambling halls and they're all speaking in tongues because it's of the devil and the devil's certainly there. <laughs> Hebrews 5.11 says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing as you are dull of hearing. Say it with me. Dull of hearing. See, we all used to be dull of hearing. And that just means that there's more there to lead a wonderful and bountiful and prosperous and profitable life. But we were dull of hearing. So the words just went by us. This is how they do it. We were dull of hearing. So the Lord worked hard to get us up higher, but we were dull of hearing. We discounted the truth and believed the lie, yeah. the traditions of men. And an example of that would be in Matthew 16, 2, when it says, Jesus said, when it's evening, ye say it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it'll be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the time. Dull of hearing. Jesus rebuked them for being dull of hearing. He said, you, well, God, if you're in control, just make it happen. It's got to come through you and through me. We don't move until we move. The Lord doesn't move us. He moves in us and then we move for him and with him. Another scripture was in 2 Timothy 3, 7 in the Amplified. Now listen to this. Just listen. This will jerk the slack out of your. They will listen to anybody who will teach them. They are forever inquiring and getting information, but are never able to arrive at a recognition and knowledge of the truth. The King James says that they are ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Would you say that was dull of hearing? Always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. So what sets you apart? Well, I can read the scriptures. I, I can memorize the scriptures. I know all the book of Matthew and I can read it. Verb I can just speak it verbatim. That doesn't make you spiritual. Well, I can say prayers better than anybody and I give money more than anybody. And I, that's why I'm spiritual. No, you're spiritual because you're ready, ready to absorb the truth. We've talked about this many times, but the, the kingdom principle, the, the bedrock way of the kingdom to work with you and I is that we obey the first time he speaks in a conversational tone. It's not on and on and a sign and I need, a, I need you to demonstrate this and I need to know that you're, 
uh, if you'll show me this and if you'll reveal to me that, then I'll know. No. That has happened, but that's not how it happens. He reveals his will to us when he speaks to us the first time in a conversational tone. He's not hollering. He's not yelling. He's not threatening. If you don't do this, it's going to be bad. He just says, do it. He who smites the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. Just a small voice. The commander David said it. They all heard it. And one man jumped up. And it changed everything. And that's how he wants to advance you and me and increase our, our capacity. I am as ordinary as they can be. You are probably pretty close to ordinary in the sense of the routine of life. What makes us special is not how we were born. What makes us different and, and out there is that we are easily entreated to believe. We are quick learners. We absorb fast. They say amen. 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 That's how it is. Uh, I, I looked up a quote that of Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. Just an amazing man, as you know. And as you know, his mother, Sonia, he didn't know it at the time, but him and his brother were raised by his mother, Sonia, a single mom, and she was illiterate. She could not read. But yet she produced a neurosurgeon of unparalleled, a peerless reputation. And here's what Ben Carson said of his mother. He said, I had a mother who would never allow herself to be a victim no matter what happened. I had a mother who would never allow herself to be a victim no matter what happened, never made excuses, and she never accepted an excuse from us. And if we ever came up with an excuse, she always said, do you have a brain? And if the answer was yes, then she said, then you could have thought your way out of it. See, that's she's illiterate. She made them write papers that she could not credit or she couldn't grade or she couldn't critique. But they had to write. They had to read and write all the time. If you've read his testimony, it's it's quite fascinating. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. You're right there. Slip over to Matthew 25. Let's look in verse 28. We're talking about our absorption rate. We're talking about who are you and what can you do with your one and only life? How can you increase your capacity, increase your potential? How can we increase our achievability where I take my one and only life and I make it more valuable? I put a treasure in it that God has given us and I use it to advance myself for his glory and my increase. His glory and my increase. He doesn't get glory in our decrease. He doesn't get glory in our failure. Don't, don't fall for that. Well, I just failed for the Lord. No, you didn't. You failed for yourself because there's no failure in God. And he's in us, and because he's in us, he cannot fail. He cannot fail. If we were, are, we're with him, we're like scrambled eggs. You, you break two of them in the skillet and you whisk them around, and then you change your mind and say, you know, I can't. I just need one. It's too late. Matthew 25, look in verse 28. We've been looking at this. We're going to look at it again. You know the story. 
Take therefore the talent from him, the one that had, had buried his talent, and give it unto him which hath ten talents, who had doubled his five. And here's the principle. This, this is what we have to stop and learn. This is, we're not reading David and Goliath stories. We're not reading Noah and the ark stories. We're not reading the, 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 axe did, the axe head did swim. We read those for context. But it's the principles that we live on because you may never you may never be chopping down a grove of trees and the axe head falls into the river. So there's a principle behind that. He, the, the prophet whittled a, a twig and threw it in and the axe did swim. Do you all remember that? Yeah. Oh, it's just it's like walking on the water, only even better. I mean, it's a it's a dumb piece of iron and it's walking on the water. Ah, oh, that's better than Peter every day. I, I'm telling you. But the principle is not there. The principle is in what Jesus said. And he said in verse 29, for unto everyone that hath shall be given. I want to know that. I want to know how to be given. I want to know how to go from point A to point B. I don't want to be at point A all my life. I started out at point A. We all did. But that's not where I want to end up. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. That's not true. It's in the Bible. Well, it's truly recorded. He actually said it. Job said it, but it's not true. And he repented. He recanted. He changed it later. And then he said, for everyone that has shall be given and he shall have abundance. I need to know that, don't you? I need to know what he's saying here because it's not hard work. Well, the Lord helps them that helps themselves. That's a lie. He helps them that hath. Working harder is not it. I mean, it's good to work hard. And there's nothing wrong with working hard, but you can be a hard worker and have nothing. They're everywhere. So he says, for unto him, unto him, everyone, everyone unto him who hath shall more be given and he shall have abundance. So I got to get a, I got to be a half. I got whatever that is, whatever there is to get from here where I am to where that is. I, I don't have, I don't have abundance like he said, I can have abundance and he said, the way to get, do that is to be a half. I need to be a half. Because then he says, there's no place just to say, I'm parked here. I don't want to go forward, but I don't want to go back. There is no such place. You're either going forward or you're going back. Because then he says, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Now, we've all experienced this. Whether you know it or not, acknowledge it or not, document it or not, that's what your life's been like. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It will not be different than that. Say it with me. It will not be different than that. This is the principle. Everything falls under this. It's got jurisdiction over everything. 
No exceptions, no smarty pants, no, I, I got this a different way. My daddy was rich, made me rich, I'm rich, and I'm going to make other people rich. It doesn't matter. This is how it is. I looked it up in the New Living, and it says, to those who use well what they are given. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So what do you have? What do you have? Jesus, when he was addressing the disciples, it says, we got 5,000 5, grown boys here and their wives and children. It's late. It's a long ways to Safeway. What do we do? And, and the first thing, remember what the Lord said the first thing? He said, what do you have? They went and looked and they said, well, we got two little fishes and five little loaves of bread. And they were, little, they were biscuits. I mean, he's a little kid. They show pictures as a little kid. No mom puts a, a two-footer, five two-footers in the, in the lunchbox. Come on, y'all, it's a biscuit. <laughs> and so what did he say? He says, what do you have? So the question to us when he says, he that hath to him more shall be given, we got to look and see what we have. And if I want to increase my life, it's not harder work. It's not going into banking or embezzling or, or crime. It's to find out what I have. Well, I don't have as much as they do. It doesn't matter. Just find out what you have. And what you have is enough. Because the master, the Lord Jesus, tells the story about the master that said, I gave him five and he brought five more. And I gave him two and he brought two more. And it was the same return. It was enough. And I gave him one. He should have brought me one more. But because he hath not, even that which he hath will be taken away. So there is no place to be static. There's no place to be to be uh, in, in a holding pattern. You are either moving forward with hath or you are moving back. That which you have is being taken away. That is the way your life is going. That's the way all of our lives are going. And it won't be different than that. So you're either pushing forward or you're falling back. So there's no place to just say, you know, I'm going to take a year off from the kingdom. I believe I'll just fool around in the world and I think I'll just enjoy myself. I've got this stacked up and I've got this made and I'm just going to kick back and not do the kingdom. That, that usher at First Baptist Church when I grew up, he said, I, I've been here a long time. I'm going to let the young bucks ush. And his life went down just like a rock after that, even though he was just ushering. And in the Baptist church, that just means passing the plate and then you're done. But it kept his life. So the easy to read version. Easy to read. How about that? I mean, just name it what you want. For everyone who uses what they have will get more. They will have much more than they need. Everyone who uses what they have will get more. They will have much more than they need. So we've been given a portion and the Lord's real hard. Y'all noticed in this story, he's real hard on the boy that buried it. 
even though it was a seemingly insignificant amount. He had the five that turned to 10. He had the two that turned to four. What difference does it make what the one didn't turn? So he's just missing one talent. The master's missing one talent out of 10 and four is 14. He still got 15. But the results were catastrophic. He said, throw this guy out. There's no room for mercy. There's no room for turnaround. Whatsoever a man soweth, that will he also reap. It's absolute. God is not mocked. And in this story, this servant, this master is not mocked. We got to use what we got. Or even that which we have will be taken away. So that brings us to churches. And we're not going to look at that much, but just say, what if a whole church was doing nothing for the kingdom except just showing up for social hour and just bringing in the sheaves and having a 20 minute message? Uh, you can do a lot in 20 and you can do nothing in two hours. That, so that's not really it. But if that was all you had, do you think they'd be a have or a have not? The potential would be lowered. Praise God. The Passion Version, we always got to put that in there. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. <laughs> Could you say amen to that? For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. Second Corinthians 9 says, all sufficiency in all things, abounding to every good work. So the kingdom says, here's the kingdom. Go as fast as you want. Well, I wasn't born with money. I, I, there's a disadvantage. My, my, my friend Leroy here, his daddy was rich and my, my daddy was poor. And, and it's not fair. Faith is the great equalizer. So we just take your one talent, your two talents or whatever. And go turn what he's been given, what you've been given turn it into increase and you'll have the most. Because the rich people tend to not do with what they get been given adequately. They may have five talents, but if they don't turn it, it won't change. We should think big in small places. I'm thinking big in small places. This is a small place. This could be a small place. People think Tuscaloosa is a small place. Oh, I hate this little town, this little, no. I come from 2300. I'm in Metro. But everybody has a perspective. I don't have any money or I don't have any hope or I don't have any whatever. Oh, you've got something. What do you have? To him who has, more shall be given and he shall have an abundance or until he overflows with abundance. So, I'm going to think big in small places, believe big in small places, and keep myself stirred up. What was the most important thing that happened yesterday? We stirred up. We stirred up. It wasn't this transaction or that testimony, although marvelous, but we all got stirred up, and that's the main thing. So the key is in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, where he said, Jesus said, if thou canst believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Let's put it in first person. Say it with me. If I can believe, 
all things are possible to me because I believe. You can't lose with the stuff we use. You know, they say work smarter, not harder. That would, that would, that would apply to the kingdom. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. Let's just put it out there because that's what we should do is provoke one another to loving good works. Let's do something in our lifetime that everybody thinks is impossible. Even you, even me. Do something in your life that everybody would say, that's impossible. Give $1,000 sometimes to somebody. Give $10,000 to somebody. Someone in the kingdom, I mean. You go, that's impossible. I'm just barely this and just, just have enough for that. As you think in your heart, I just barely have this and I barely have that. So are you. You'll always have that story. I barely have this and barely have that. But you could be someone that just has $50 in your account. The Bible tells us the little widow that sowed both mites said she cast them in to the treasury. She threw them in. Jesus said, I had a girl. You've done a good thing. There is no little in this house. There's little in here, but there's not little out here. Our potential. Nothing's impossible. So you ought to do something. You ought to stretch yourself. I believe I'll give $10,000 in my lifetime. Wow. Well, that's not hard for the man that has a million dollars. It's just hard because we think we don't have a million dollars. But what you stretch to, then all of a sudden becomes little. I have a thing in one of my books that says, do the hard thing until the hard thing is easy. And then do, the, uh, do, do another hard thing until you finally make all of life easy. We said last week, last Sunday, I said, die, live full and die empty. Live full, die empty. So we don't want to ever be empty, but we want to time it so that everything's on the table. When we do rapture, there's nothing big in our account. We, we sowed it. Parker and Emily are so excited about going that as far as I know, they don't, I don't know what money they have, but they're believing God. They, they're, let me just put this in the message. Uh, they're believing for $100,000 this year to support their own crusade. Boy, I, I want to get behind someone like that. It's not that the crusade, it's not the, where they go so much. I just want to get behind anybody that thinks big in little places. They have no place to get this from. They have no ace in the hole. They have no spot where they say, well, if it doesn't work out, we can always tap that. They have nothing. And $100,000 this year. You can even understand it. Wow, why, after we've been in the ministry 10 years, we're going to work ourselves up to do our own crusade and do $100,000. It's like, but this year, he was working at a car lot until this month. They don't have anything. I mean, do you, you understand what I'm saying? They don't have anything. They don't have resources. 
but they're out there. Yeah, buddy, I'm inspired ever I he's he's twenty six. She's twenty four. Gosh, that's not that's not old enough to know anything. Except for you, Matthew, of course. So live full, die empty. Despise the empty life, but aspire to it to end up empty because you can't take it with you. And so I wrote this. It's at the beginning of my Bible. And I, maybe it's in yours too, that we should increase our capacity, increase our potential. Step up in order to give yourself to what only you are specifically assigned to do in each season of your life. So we'll talk about seasons another time. So do what only you can do so that you can do with mastery all you have been set in the body to do. So that's talking about how you increase your potential. So you were born with an average IQ or maybe you have 120 or maybe you have 130. I know some people with 130 and they're smart. And uh, the, the, the highest IQ that's ever been recorded, that's documented, was uh, Marilyn Savant, who they named us after, 223. I just, just, they say there's another man that has a 300 IQ, but 223 is amazing. Because 160 is brilliant. Uh, Einstein was 160. If that gives you an idea. And there's, there's composers like Mozart and Bach and all them that had high, higher than that. I told you about the little Leslie boy. You ought to look that up on YouTube that uh, had a low IQ, but all of a sudden he was able to, to bring that. Whatever your place in life is, 5,000 men and their families and you got two fish and five loaves, find out what you got and say, that's the hand I was dealt. I believe I'll take the whole pot with this hand. I'll play this thing out and I'll win the whole pot. I believe, I got to quit here, but I believe there's more assigned to your life than casual living allows you to accomplish. I believe there's more assigned to each one of our lives than casual living can accomplish. Did you get that? That we have to live a life of priorities. Priorities is the mark of a mature man. A mature Christian man is a man of priorities. Gets up in the day and says, there's 10,000 things I could do today. There's 12 things I should do today. I can do, but there's only four that I will be able to do. And I'm going to prioritize them instead of letting them come to me and just do whatever comes first. I'm going to cut things out. I'm going to go around things that that cannot happen and what I'm supposed to do happen. And I'm going to get to what I'm supposed to do. That is a mature man, a man of priorities. It's called seek ye first the kingdom and everything that you need that you could have and you should have done. It'll come to you. Everything. Say everything. 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 All these things that the Gentiles need. They think they need a new car. They think they need a nice house. They think they need to send their kids to the good schools and wear nice clothes and whatever. So the Lord says we have need of those as well. 
There's more assigned to your life than casual a living will allow. So you have to do what only you can do or you won't get your job done. You always got to have life in the tank. You can't get to the end of your rope. You can't get to the end of the day and just say, I am done, I am pooped, I am through. Something didn't happen in order. Because there's strength for his priorities. There's life in the tank. So we always said, you know, uh, uh, what, what do we say? Uh, help me, Lord Jesus. What do we say, Lynn? <laughs> uh, well, it's just, it's just, well, anyway, it'll come back to me. It takes all of your life to live your life. There it is. I've, where was that? So if it takes all of your life to live your life, then you're whooped at the end of the day. Your, your money's gone at the end of the month. You're, you're, you have no time to dream. You know, have no time to go find a wheat field or a, a, a rock at Lake Nickel or a, a, a track that's out at the high school that nobody's, they're all gone home to just sit in your car and just be available. Just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? If I've messed up, if I've not been right, if whatever, whatever, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life starting tomorrow? And he'll start telling you. If you ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. If you say what will be will be, you're not going to get any answers. Psalm 91.16 says, with long life, say it with me, I will satisfy you with long life. So the, the long there is not just in terms of years, but it's a full life, an abundant life, a satisfied life, a life that has all your dreams in it. What things soever you desire when you pray, what things soever you desire, what, whatever things you desire, the testimonies this morning and yesterday were, Lord, I, wanna, I want your desires. So whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. That's the life we have is that we go from glory to glory, faith to faith, desire to desire. You can't stretch to that desire right now, but there's something in between that I can, I can set my faith on that and get that, get, put that in my life. And then from there, I'll go to the next one. Glory to glory, faith to faith. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to read this to you. It's in Philippians chapter three, and then I'll be done. Verse, uh, verse six, Philippians three, six. No, I'm just going to go to verse 12. He said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've always already reached perfection. But I press on to, to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. Would you say with me this morning, I've not achieved it. I've not achieved it. There's more. You might say, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm through. I've, I've pressed hard. I've worked hard. I've had failures. I've had successes, but I'm tired of the fight. I'm just going to kick back and go to neutral. 
Jesus already said there is no neutral. If you're not pushing forward, I'm just I'm taking my time, Lord. You're going back and you will not like it. You're not made for that where it's you've already been in upgrade. You can't go back to that. He said casting. Excuse me. Uh, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. That would be the little life. That would be the failure life. That would be the struggle life. I, I forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. And then he says, I press on to reach the end of the race. So we're in a race. I'm in a race. What's the race? It's not against her. It's not against him. It's not against anybody to win against them. It's a race against the assignment on my life. Will you finish it? Will you enter the race? Well, there's rules in the race. You can't you have to you have to compete lawfully. And the rule is you have just so much time. That joke that's out there that says uh, I'm going to live to be a thousand years old because the Lord's put so many things on me that I hadn't finished. I, I, I can't leave before that. Well, that's not how it works. So let's get it done. What is it? It's whatever's on your life. I, I'm not going to Peru with the Wilsons. I went to Russia one time and I said, I'm one and done, Lord. <laughs> 16 days in, in Russia was all I wanted, but I became a cinder after that. I said, that's not, that's not what only I can do. The Wilsons can't wait. They're on the edge of their seat. <laughs> only, only 10 more days we get to go. That's not how it is at my life, at my house. Then he said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me. So we're pressing. I'm pressing. Can't compare mine to yours, yours to mine, but we're pressing. Let's press, family. It's, it's not a hard thing. It's not like we go from zero to a thousand. How about going from zero just to 10 and winning at that level and then pressing on to him that hath more shall be given and he shall have an abundance. There's plenty to do and there's plenty to do it with. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Be sure and testify of anything the Lord's ever given you or done for you. Be sure and tell somebody. You don't have to wait till a big church gathering. You don't have to wait until whatever. Tell somebody. I just want you to know that uh, this has happened in my life. I got healed. I got, I got my finances, whatever. Be sure and tell somebody. That's how you get a flow going for the next thing. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I'm so proud of River Church. I'm so proud of River Church. Let's sing a song. Let's stand up and sing a song.